Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. That's actually what I want to say to everybody today. What would you, what would you do? What would you do? What would you do if you knew, absolutely knew you couldn't fail? Now, I got to tell you, first of all, let me welcome all of you to the show. I'm Dr. Pat. I am the host of the Dr. Pat Show. Um, And this is our 10-year anniversary of starting Transformation Talk Radio and the Transformation Network. But I, I think one of the things today that I'm going to introduce you to as I introduce you um, to Dr. Uh, Mary Angela McGuire. One of the things that I'm going to introduce you once you meet her, and you're going to hear a lot about her. You're going to hear a lot about her show, what she's passionate about. Um, what we're talking about today is it is so difficult to explain how powerful, how powerful mindful living is. And yet that's not in my wheelhouse to do that. That is her wheelhouse. That's what she does. But through life and the lessons we learn, or at least the lessons I've learned, the difference between actually being able to do something and not being able to do something has to do with the six or seven inches between my ears. And, you know, I never believed that. And then she and I were getting ready to introduce all of you to her upcoming show. And we started to talk about what it is that so many wise people way before us, thousands of years before us learned. Today, she's joining me, uh, Dr. Mary Angela is joining me because we're talking about making the bed in a world that is turned upside down. Now, I gotta tell you this, that, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about her, but I'm gonna ask her this question. When I think about what I've gotten to know about who she is and what she does in the world, and really what she does is a fantastic message, which, which she calls nothing but now. You're gonna hear about that. But when I think about the world that she's in and the people she helps, with the inner dialogue and the self-doubt and the self-criticism and what she has created to help people succeed, whether it's to be fully present in your family or your work or your life, or to be fully present when you walk down the street, you know, this is what the message is she's bringing out into the world. She has studied in depth communication. She has taught interpersonal communication, group decision-making, you know, how to support teams to become their best, how to fulfill your goal. I mean, this is a passion and a purpose of her. She's a teacher, a mentor, a coach. She's played so many different roles. 
But what she's bringing to all of us is nothing but now. And what that is about is, is about unlocking the beliefs that hold us back, that either get us from really believing that no matter what you do, you can succeed, right? That question you have been listening to for 16 years from me. But today, this I love, making the bed in a world that is turned upside down. And I got to tell you, since I've been working with you on this episode, mm -hmm. I don't walk out of my bedroom without turning around and looking back to see if I made my bed. Welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> my bed's made this morning also. <laughs> but it's a mindset too. Yes, very much. Very much. Um, I was talking with somebody the other day and I want to ask you about this. Um, folks are really having a hard time. And when I sat down with them and I tried to get past how difficult all the external things are, underneath it is something really interesting. And what's underneath it is not only have people's lives changed, mm -hmm. but they've changed how they live their day. Yes. So for example, when I lost my job back in the day, mm -hmm. the best coach I ever had said, Listen, I'm just telling you right now, sister, that's what he said to me. Tell you right now, sister, you need to get up every morning. You need to take a shower. You put on your clothes like you're going to the job. You need to get in a car and actually drive and go do that. But here we are today. Isn't that a sense of mindfulness and welcome? Thank you. Uh, it can be. Yes, I was I've been saying to people, you know, you read the newspaper every day and the first 30 articles are death, destruction, uh, just unbelievable challenges. And the second half of the paper is, hey, are you bored? What are you going to do today? Right. We're all, you know, people are living all along that spectrum of absolute despair, loss and also just um, mourning very simple things. And I think sometimes when you're mourning uh, small losses, you can get into a mindset of, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't care about this. I shouldn't be, who am I to be sad about something small or trivial? But it's an amazing moment to live through where every single one of us is, is having some experience of this crisis, uh, large or small. But all of us can, I think, uh, benefit from, from maintaining a sense of mindfulness in this crisis. When I think about all of the ways that everyone's life has changed in their own homes, right? Home is no longer the, a, a refuge uh, for, as it often was for many people, an escape from work. It is work, it's childcare, it's school, it's everything all at once and all the time. So uh, when I make my bed, it, I wait until after my partner has gone off to upstairs to work for the day because it's my two minutes to just be with myself. I'm not making a to-do list. I'm not rehearsing an argument from the day before or <laughs> reflecting on it, right? Which I often uh, find myself, my mind going away, right? I am in that moment. I have learned so much about the difference between how cotton sheets and flannel sheets move across a bed, right? I'm, I'm not just making the bed, but I'm trying to think about nothing but that, to give my mind a little bit of rest uh, in this world that is so turned upside down. And of course, the, the larger point that I've been making with clients for years about making the bed is finding practices in our everyday life, even a couple of minutes, 
where we can develop uh, what I consider or think about as a tolerance for being alone with our mind and a capacity for an increasingly quiet mind. That's what's really important and I don't know how that happens. I didn't know my phone did that, sorry. <laughs> so I think that's what's really uh, essential and, can, and is, is more essential than ever is finding that quiet space with our mind. But again, you know, yeah, go ahead. I love that you're talking about this. And you know, I, I, there's one thing that I've learned somewhere along the way to becoming me. Underneath mm -hmm. what we decide to teach in the world, there mm -hmm. is always a compelling story. There's right. always a pathway that mm -hmm. has pushed us through the one way or the other, pulled us one way or the other, or called us one way or the other, and we have stepped forward. But you know, you are here as someone that works with countless people about this this practice, this idea of nothing but now. Mm -hmm. What was it about your life's journey? What was it about your life's path mm -hmm. where that light bulb went on? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. become become the teacher you are today? I, I always think that there were two or three threads that really related over the course of my life. Um, my first best greatest teacher, of course, was my mother. And um, she was both my greatest teacher in an explicit way. Uh, she taught me so much about uh, belief and, what, and how to believe uh, in spite of terrible odds. And she was also one of those teachers who taught by frankly, bad example. <laughs> she was a person who had a lot of struggles in her life, a lot of obstacles. And uh, the one that I was probably felt like I was born in the middle of was a bad marriage, uh, a marriage that ended that uh, she became responsible for raising six kids on her own, uh, went back to work, struggled, struggled, struggled. And um, I saw both her, her faith grew in that, but also her frustration. And, um, and she was haunted, I would say, by her sense of the life she was living was not maybe the life she felt she'd been promised. She felt she'd been a good girl. She'd done what she was supposed to do all her life. And she felt like she got kicked in the teeth by it. Yeah. So she was really at that kind of dual teacher. Uh, and that was very powerful to me. As the youngest, I was very much the observer. And in many ways, this is one of the things you're not supposed to do, right, with a kid. I was her confidant. I was the person she came to trust most in the world. So, and she became a person who, you know, after she realized that this conventional path that she thought she was supposed to take, uh, despite her other desires, the things she would have preferred to do, uh, she got to be about 40 years old. And I think she realized uh, that path is no safety net. There's no guarantee in that path. And so I'm going to have to find another way. And she became a much more authentic person over the course of her years, much in some ways kind of radical in her beliefs uh, compared to other people of either her generation or her background. So that was that was thing number one. And she really opened up the world for me. She was very supportive of me. Um, but I knew I didn't know this at the time. I really am very aware of this in retrospect that in my early 20s, I felt very weighed down by my family and the struggles my family had been through. And I've, I've talked to several clients who have kind of a similar background in that sense of feeling that almost a weight on my chest of the dysfunction, the damage, the challenges that my family faced. And they, you know, when you have a weight on your chest, it's, it's hard to be lifted up, right? It's hard to lift yourself up. No kidding. Right. And yeah. so, um, 
if I, so that was part of my experience too, was very much feeling weighed down by that. I think if I looked back on it now, I would say, huh, I think 20 year old me was kind of depressed. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my mother helped me to persevere and I eventually did earn a PhD in communication studies and got a dream, what was for me a dream job teaching at a small college in Minnesota. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And then uh, unlikely thing happens. I fell in love. Uh, with someone who after we were there together for 10 years and then uh, she wanted to do something else with her life and yeah. with there. So, yeah. you know, this thing I had achieved, this uh, tenured faculty position, this PhD meant so much to me. That was, that was my identity. There, that was absolutely my identity. Um, it was pretty hard won. And um, I gave it up. I walked away from it because love and family was more important. And it was a huge risk. And I think I was in mourning for a couple of years. Yeah. I took other jobs. I did work that I loved, that I was good at, but that never, never took over my identity in the same way. And I realized I've got to do something about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm, I'm wallowing a little bit and I didn't want to be a wallower. And I had, you know, I, as you said, I used to teach interpersonal communication and we talked about mindfulness and students would do great uh, kind of everyday experiments on how to be more mindful in their daily lives. It was very, very rewarding. So anyway, I, I, found a I found a life coaching program and I thought, you know, these two things really resonate with each other. Here's a way that I can teach one-on-one -on -one essentially, which is what it often feels like in my coaching practice. Um, it resonates deeply and profoundly with my um, background in communication studies. And it really opened up the whole mindfulness um, literature to me so that uh, I was able to do quite a bit of reading and study in that area and then put it into practice both in my own life, in my own journey, and then with my clients. Yeah. Those that have been very helpful. I love the adaptogen nature of who we are because, mm -hmm. you know, when I listen to you share your story about that, which, which, who is it? Paul McCartney, the long and windy road. Sometimes <laughs> it is a long and windy road. Right. Um, and, you know, we have to learn how to navigate sometimes mm -hmm. through a long and windy road. And, you know, part of this is learning that if, you know, if you have a hairpin turn, you don't take it at 80 miles an hour, right? Not unless you want to go over the cliff. <laughs> I know. But you know, to listen to how you navigated through that and now have become the teacher of that, mm -hmm. that's really sort of the pinpoint uh, of what separates those of us that really have struggled at different points in our lives. And then we learn something. And now the navigation of life is something not only that we are more mindful of that we have the control and the power to really manage and manifest through mindfulness, but more importantly, we can teach other people. And that's what you've said yes to now in the world, isn't it? Yes, exactly. Right. To, um... Um, I, I, you know, the thing I love about this is out of all this, here you are now getting ready to launch a show. Nothing but now. Mm -hmm. right yes that is the name of the show yes that those three words nothing but now mm -hmm. are so powerful and yet so elusive right am i right about that 
Absolutely. It's actually very, um, and you know, people say it different ways, but um, that it's very hard to sit with that idea in our heads that this is it. This moment where you and I are having this conversation, I have no guarantee about this one. Anything, right? And, and it, it hasn't this horrible pandemic shown us that, how, how the world can turn on a dime. We might know that individually in our own lives with a loss or a change, but now the whole world is realizing there is nothing but this moment. And, um, and, but it is hard to hold on to what, what does that mean? What do I do with that? How do I decide what I'm gonna have for lunch and what I'm gonna, where I'm gonna go to school and you know, long range, short range, if I'm really focused on the idea that this moment is the only one I have. Um, but, but there is great power in it uh, when, when we are aware of it. And that's you know, my, my, the real uh, other theme of the show is to become students of our own mind. And so it is when we can focus on the present moment that we build that capacity and that knowledge about how our minds work. Where does my mind typically go? And how, and also this is very important and we often underestimate it. How do I feel in my body? You know, am I feeling that weight on my chest? Am I anxious? Um, are my shoulders crunched, right? All of those things that are clues and information about what's happening right here for us. And it's, it is powerful, but it is elusive and hard to hold on to. You know, it's fascinating um, when we think about the mechanics of it, mm -hmm. in a sense. And what I mean by the mechanics of it is, you know, for a really long time, mm -hmm. uh, I can think about you know, doing something in my life and, and other people saying, you know what, Pat, you should really find another way, should really find another way, should really find another way, or whatever that is that they're trying to say to me. Mm -hmm. And how often have people seen something, right, mm -hmm. in us that we're not able to see in ourselves? But what are the blockers for not being able to see it? If right. I am so projecting about what I'm going to do at nine o'clock tonight, mm -hmm. then anything they're saying to me sounds like la, 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 la. Right. <laughs> right. But isn't what you're talking about nothing but now and, uh, and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what mindfulness is. Mm -hmm. It has an energetic power to it mm -hmm. that opens up an entirely new gateway of wisdom, knowledge, and knowing. And boy, if we could really grasp that and believe it, mm -hmm. I think we'd have a whole lot more mindfulness going on. <laughs> I think you're right. And I think that that would be absolutely transformational. And I think it is a, a kind of transformation that we're seeing increasingly in the world. I mean, there's just an explosion of people talking about this and talking about, um, because at a it's great to talk about it, to read about it, but what I've noticed with my clients is that the having a coach, in my case, and I've worked with coaches myself, and I, I am definitely a person on a journey. I'm not at the end of a journey. I too am on that path and trying to figure out how do, what does it mean to put mindfulness into practice in my everyday life? Uh, what does that look like? And what I am noticing is very powerful about it too is we have a, you know, we have so many blockers. Like you said, if I'm if I'm way thinking about the future, I'm missing everything that's happening in the present. If I am deeply mired in the past, and this was this was what I noticed with my mother. You know, she was she was so um, 
she told herself so many stories about how she had been hurt. And, you know, there was nothing incorrect about that. Right. right. It's not, uh, it's not to say that that those things didn't happen, that she was treated unfairly, that she was hurt. Absolutely. But when so much of her mental energy was spent reviewing that, and I think for her, it was a way of saying, she's, you know, sort of two sides of it. One was what's wrong with me, that all these things happened to me. And the other was, no wonder I'm struggling. No wonder this is hard, right? She was finding a way to justify and, and feel okay about herself, but it didn't really have that impact, right? It kept right. her stuck. And the idea of being stuck in past stories or trapped in a kind of future tripping, thats those are the kind of folks I deal with, um, that I work with, uh, people who feel very stuck in those two places. So, um, right, I, I think it's hard when you, the blockers are that kind of being trapped in fantasy of the future or being trapped in stories of the past. Um, so as you said, I think my head's a lot bigger than yours, but so I might have more inches between yeah. <laughs> in between are definitely uh, where I get myself in trouble. And again, not to say that bad things aren't happening to us in the world. Absolutely. But as people often say, it's how we, it's the sense we make of it. It's how we respond to it. And so for me, mindfulness is about bringing myself to the present knowing how what my mind is doing is it panicking is it rushing is it freaking out and how do i feel in my body and i feel like i can't breathe right so so anxious that's the trap that's where i am trapped is in myself yeah and you know part of this too is in the launch of your show nothing but now i mean you're going to be able to provide an opening and a forum for people to literally show up and be who they are Yes. You know, and to learn a few things along the way, you and I have been very blessed by having, you know, role model figures, both of our parents, my stepmom in my case, mm -hmm. that, you know, you could tell somebody how to be optimistic about life. Right. You can talk it. Mm -hmm. But when you actually see it mm -hmm. from people, you know, when you see these acts of, absolutely what we would consider unusual behavior mm -hmm. and and we see and we hear what they're saying you know my mom lost everything in andrew mm. and it, i mean literally was living in a what do you call it a rv kind of deal outside my brother's house in florida wow. uh, and he happened to have my brother i don't know how he figured this out one of the only purely cement brick houses in Homestead at the time. Yeah, his house was still standing. Uh, and I remember talking to her about mom, okay, like you can't stay there, right? right? Right. And I gotta tell you, her answer to me, and the answer that references exactly what you're talking about, it was so profoundly, there was no comeback for me. There was nothing I was gonna say. And she said it this clearly, with a southern draw mm -hmm. she said you know honey i know exactly why god let me get that real estate license and i'm thinking real estate license there is nothing left down there right right he said yeah i'm gonna stay here and i'm gonna help people build their homes back wow and i never forgot that and mm -hmm. you know i had i've learned perseverance from her mm -hmm. but you're gonna help people with your show Mm -hmm. how to learn that for themselves 
Right. You know, how to take it one step at a time Mm -hmm. and be in that space of nothing but now. Right. Yeah. The greatest mistakes I've ever made was trying to tie a shoelace to get ready to play a competitive sport Mm -hmm. and not focus on exactly what I was doing with that shoelace. And it took me 10 minutes to actually tie it. And I finally had to ask somebody to help because my mind was so not there. And we live our lives in spaces like that all the time. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Now I got to tell you, you may be thinking, wow, it's just a shoelace. It almost cost me the match for being late. Let's take a short break. When we come back more with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire, we're going to talk about her upcoming show and we're going to take a look at what is this podcast? What are the life lessons going to be that she is bringing forward to make sure that we all not just understand about nothing but now, but we can live it. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Orika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Have you lost a loved one and would desperately love a sign to prove that they are okay? Here's a tip for you. Be curious, keep an open mind about everything. The proof will come from the most unlikely places. The messages promise to challenge your current beliefs in what you've been taught. Accept and appreciate all, no matter where they come from. I'm Angie Corbett Kuiper. I would love for you to share your signs from beyond on my closed Facebook page, Beyond Grief. Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? Really? Check us out. Go to transformationradio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between. Something for everyone guaranteed to inspire, educate, and transform. We are transforming the world one listener at a time. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. 
and me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories, aspire higher, and live a whole lot larger to help you unleash your powered up, pumped up, I am soul-stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. That's our Fleetwood Mac for today, isn't it, Benny? Loving it. Yeah. All right. That's good. Now I'm now I'm going to not be able to stop thinking about Stevie Nicks for a moment. <laughs> welcome, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. I'm Dr. Pat. If you want to find out more about us, go over to the drpatshow.com. But today it's all about Dr. Mary Angela McGuire. And, you know, this is talking about her upcoming show, Nothing But Now, what it's about and why it is so absolutely critical for where we are in the time we're living in now. Uh, how do people find out more about you? Because, you know, the, the story you shared is you are out there coaching other people now. How right. do people find out how they work with you and all of the above? Just easy, very easily. They go to my website. I don't know. Look, they're calling you now. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, my technical skills are a little uh, rough, so I don't. It know happens to me all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> and of course, it's the same number from somewhere in Indiana that I don't even know who they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> people go to mcguirelifecoach.com. Simple as that. And uh, you can learn more about how I work with people. And there's a contact form. Just send me an email, and we'll find a time to talk. Well, the first session's always free because I want people to. I want to know what their goals are for coaching, and then I want them to know a little bit more. Let me tell them a little bit more about how I work, so that they can really make a choice. Is this the right match for me? Um, is this going to help me get where I need to go? So that's McGuireLifeCoach.com. So let's talk about nothing but now for a moment, but beyond the purpose of the show. One of the things that we're talking about, and I think is quite challenging pretty much for everybody right now, is how do I do everyday, everydayness? Um, You know, this goes kind of beyond the idea of the vision board. People like to really criticize the secret and what that did, like, Mm -hmm over 10 years ago, whatever that did, folks want to criticize it, that here I went through all the motions, but I didn't blank, 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 get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, part of this is that there are portions of what we do energetically to visualize our life, to Mm -hmm. visualize what it is we want to manifest. But if we are 24 seven living in that space, Mm-hmm. And not in the moment we're in to guide us to that space. Mm-hmm. We're missing the power of nothing but now. And I would love for you to talk a little bit of mm-hmm. how this show is going to be presented to people and what the opportunities are for them. Okay. The way I think about the show, and especially the first few episodes, my goal is really to introduce people to key concepts, I would call it, in, um, in mindfulness practices. So I want you to be able to listen to this show and take away from it an idea, uh, something to think about, say, huh, that, that really resonated with me. And I can think about how that concept uh, is going to make a difference in my life. But second, I really want people to have a practice. So every show is going to have a recommendation. I'm going to walk people through, try this, try this. Here's what it is. Here's how it works. 
here's how you might uh, notice it in your everyday life. And, and as I said earlier, what's really critical to me is helping people notice that these opportunities for practice and the word practice is so important, um, right? It's not perfect, it's practice. It's just doing it day in in and day out. Is that they are free, they're easy, and um, they're as you they're they're simple. The power of them is elusive, but they really are very simple. Uh, when, sometimes I think when we talk about something like mindfulness or meditation, um, you know, I think a, a 45 minute meditation session is a fantastic thing. I find it incredibly restorative when I have a long meditation session, but I don't know, most of my clients don't have 45 minutes a day that they can be by themselves, right? They're on work calls, their kids are there, they're going through homework, they're making dinner and laundry and they're very, very busy. So I like to start with the simplest, the most accessible, and that's the making the bed idea. What's something else that you do every day where you can be alone? not for 45 minutes, for two minutes, right? You have to start somewhere. You have to start to allow your mind to be quiet so that you can start to notice where your mind is going. And that's part of the journey of the show is, uh, you know, you were talking about the, the visualization and manifesting our uh, what we want in our lives. I think that is very powerful, but a critical component of that is knowing what we're manifesting in our lives right now. That's right. Right. Like in the moment, in the moment. And in order to do that, we have to start to become students of our own mind. So one of the things, uh, a practice that I did when I, I, my life coach training came through Martha Beck, whose work is absolutely fantastic. Incredible. And and I really use the principles that I learned from her to guide my practice with uh, clients, as well as my background in communication. So uh, we do an exercise and, uh, you know, you just ask yourself a couple times a day, you stop and ask yourself two questions. What is my mind doing and how do I feel in my body? So one day I I had a job where I um, worked with students one-on-one. It was a great job. But one Friday afternoon, the business office at the institution called me and said, we need some receipts from you and paperwork. And the woman who in my office who did all that stuff was gone for the weekend. And I'm, you know, my phone's ringing in the middle of the show, right? My technology skills are a little bit limited. So I, I knew I had to go into this website. I had to PDF things. I, there was a lot to do and I was panicked and I was, the timer went off on my phone and I was supposed to ask myself, what is my mind doing and how do I feel in my body? I thought, oh, my mind is racing. I am totally freaking out. I'm thinking about how the women in the business office think I'm an idiot because I don't know the answer to how to do this stuff. So I don't want to call them for help. And I'm just, and I was tense and I felt shame. I felt panic. I, right. So I was, <laughs> and I really thought I don't have time to stop and write the answers to these questions, but I did uh, because I committed to this practice. And it was funny, just answering the questions did this thing that is so important in mindfulness. It created a little space. Suddenly I wasn't the panic. I wasn't the fear. I was the one observing the panic and the fear. And it wasn't a lot of room. My heart was still pounding. I still had the task to do that I was fearful about, but there was a little space and I saw myself as opposed to just being mired down by all of that panic and fear and you know of course predictably I turned back to the task and I figured it all out in a in record time and it was fine 
But that's the kind of thing that happens to people in their everyday lives, right? If I, if I snap at my kid, if I have an argument with a coworker, if I feel overwhelmed by something, is it that external thing that is the problem or is it what's happening inside of me? So what I wanna help people do is learn to listen to what's happening inside of them so that they can make, they can be the observer of it. They can, and that observer, you know, the watcher is the authentic self, right? Yeah. The, the panic, the fear, that's that effort to try to address the social self, right? Yeah. That was my mother's fear, right? Was that she was failing in terms of what her social world had told her she ought to be doing. Um, and it was hard for her to let go of that. And, and that's, of course, the next step then is learning to let go of some of that uh, fear and anxiety. Yeah. Isn't it fascinating, too, though, when we are thinking about this, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, to allow ourselves that moment that it takes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fascinating about what we're talking about making the bed. Uh, I became acutely aware of something you know, since preparing for this show. Mm -hmm. And that is that I realized that I have a lot of different sheets, but here's what I realized in making the bed. Mm -hmm. And you don't stop to think about this and you get into your bed every night. But the awakening of this is the realization of something that you take for granted. And I realized something interesting. And I said, oh my gosh, I really love bamboo sheets. Oh. <laughs> and, 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 and for me, it's kind of like, yes, of course, you get into bed, you know it's comfortable, but there is an emotional realization. And I think that's part of what we're talking about with mindfulness. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the one aspect that many people say was missing from the secret wasn't about the formula of it. It was not taking into consideration the emotional state of what happens mm -hmm. or the awareness of it. Because you said something interesting and let's talk about it for a minute. Mm -hmm. Once the words of anger or frustration come out of you mm -hmm. and onto another person, as many times as you can apologize, you can't get them back. That's right. You can't get that reaction back. That moment's gone. It's That's gone. Right. Mm -hmm. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And you could spend a lifetime right. trying now not to be right, right. In, in, in the now moment. Because every time you see that person, you're thinking about what you did 10 years ago that you cannot get back. <laughs> that is very true. That's, that's right. And, you know, and that brings up another really important aspect that we'll be talking about, which is self-compassion, right? Um, so if, if every time I see someone that I know I hurt, and, you know, I see my partner every day, have I ever hurt my partner? Of course I have. If I'm going to go to that place every time, and I'm going to beat myself up every time, uh, that's, that's not going to improve my relationship with her. And uh, I think one of the things we forget is that compassion is not um, the same as letting ourselves off the hook. No. I still have to take responsibility for my actions. But Jack Kornfield is a, a Buddhist psychologist whose work I just deeply love. And one of the things he says that's so important is compassion that doesn't include the self is incomplete. 
And I, I think that's such a powerful statement. I work with so many people who think as long as they're good to other people, that's enough, that they don't have to be good and kind to themselves. But it's, I think it's not only incomplete compassion, but sometimes it's not even authentic, right? I, it's kind of a false face. Well, I'm nice to you. I'm good to you. And I'm resentful as I'll get out inside about yeah. it, right? And I'm still, feel, I'm still feeling turmoil inside because of my relationships or what's happening in my life. Um, so to turn the, the focus of compassion to the self is very important, very powerful. It's and, very important. It's very powerful. And also... You know, um, Jack Cornfield was just brilliant in some of the things that he brought to the forefront, things we should remember in this day and age. Right, right. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a doctor, and um, we just checked in for a few minutes. Didn't have a lot of time. Doctors don't have a lot of time to talk to you, even if they are your friends. Just saying right there. Right. Um, But one of the things that she discussed with me, Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about. But it's right exactly what you just described. Mm-hmm. The, the level of wounding right now, mm-hmm. self, things that are happening inside, mm-hmm. people that are feeling, I could have done more, I should have done more. Right. If I'd have only done this and not gone here and contracted it and brought it home, mm-hmm. if I had not, and, and, it's a it's the missing link you should do it like an op op op-ed you should write an op-ed on this and the reason that i'm bringing it up is because we are totally missing nothing but now see when we talk about an event in our lives a major event whether it's finishing a degree having a baby getting married changing partners changing careers it doesn't matter what it is, mm-hmm. but the larger events, mm-hmm. people think that this idea of being in the now is for the day to day. This is what I've got to do, but there's something so critical. If we miss the boat of nothing but now for the big things. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, it and we miss the building block that my awareness of what's happening to me right in this moment, you know, literally a little anxious, right? <laughs> but also excited. If I'm not paying, able to pay attention to that, that, that is part of the big thing, right? That's when I become unaware. Um, if I'm not able to notice it in this moment, then I lose track um, in those bigger moments. That's, uh, you know, that's where the snapping comes from, not because I'm necessarily mad at the person in front of me, but I'm struggling with something else and uh, that they become the easy target for it. Um, and I think the, the other aspect of that in terms of the big things is recognizing uh, when we become a student of our own mind, we start to notice where does my mind typically go? So does my mind typically go to shame or fear or uncertainty or self-doubt? Um, and it may go to some very positive places too routinely, but often that those are the kinds of places, the habits of our mind. And it, if that's the habit, then how is that habit? Um, what, what thoughts is it related to? And are those habits related to? And 
um, how are they part of what's blocking our ability to get where we want to go in terms of the big picture? Oh my God, yeah. I want to do this. Um, we still have lots to talk about, but can we take a moment and let folks know how they find out more about you and how they could work with you as a life coach? Sure. Because I think one of the things that I'm really sensing now that people one are not aware of that just because things may change and people may go back to work, mm -hmm. our lives are different. Yes. You know, I, I realize that this is the time, if there's ever been a time, to seek out and get the help that is out there because nothing but now is going to be so important and yet so many people will be living in their yesterday Absolutely. or their tomorrow. So how do people find out about you and right. how to work with you and tell them about your upcoming show? Okay. So people can go to mcguirelifecoach.com. And when you get there, you'll learn more about my work, but also there's a contact form. Just send me an email and we'll find a time to talk. And that first appointment is a complimentary one so that you can do some assessment of, is this the kind of practice that's going to work for you? And then uh, I was a teacher for many years and I always say that I hated teaching required classes. And everyone, I was a college professor. So everybody was there by choice to begin with. And uh, I didn't like teaching required classes because then they had that kind of resentful, I have to be here attitude. So I sort of take that into my coaching, but it's very much client driven. Um, if people want to set up, uh, people determine how often do we want to meet once a week, once a month. I have clients uh, all over the, the spectrum with that. And, um, and for how long? I've had clients I've worked with for years. There's a kind of check-in basis. There are people that uh, we, I work with for maybe five or seven sessions, and there may be a very specific thing that they want to work on. You know, just like the name of the show is nothing but now, the purpose of life coaching is really to focus on the present. And, um, and, and that's, that's why you may have a, a very immediate thing you want to work on, or you may have a habit that you really want to work on over time. And that is kind of the mental habits, the, the thoughts that get in our way. Um, and I think what people typically find is once you start down that road of, of paying more attention to yourself, of how your mind works, of where your mind goes, you start to discover more and more the the thoughts that get in your way and that are blocking your progress. So um, even people I've worked with for a long time can still come up with new ones of, hey, I just noticed I'm always doing this. Let's, let's talk about that thought and how it's getting in my way. So then the show is going to be Thursdays at um, noon Pacific time. So uh, that's very exciting to me. We start next week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, as I like to say, I, I have a lot of credentials, right? That's always a nice thing. I'm, I'm happy for that. I've appreciated the training and the experience I've had. But as much as that, I am also a person on a journey, right? I am, I'm working alongside. I never have a session with a client where I don't learn something about myself. Uh, as they gain insight into their experience, as they talk about it, um, it's going to ring a bell with me. So I, too, am on a journey. And that's how I really conceive of this show, of um, kind of holding out my hand and saying, you know, let's take this walk together. Uh, so we're gonna do a breathing exercise at the beginning of every show. So you might find the show a kind of meditative practice. Uh, sometimes I'll say to a client, so what are you doing for self-care? And a couple of times they've kind of laughed and said, well, Mary Angela, I'm talking to you for one thing. I'm like, oh yeah, right, <laughs> this is part of your self-care. So you might find the show part of your self-care, a little breathing exercise, a little conversation about what you can do, what concepts and ideas might help you 
reframe, think differently, a little bit differently about some very common things that are happening in your life. And then some practices or exercises, some things to gain greater awareness, to really become a student of your own mind and a deeper understanding of how you function inside and what physical feelings are related to what mental states. Yeah, I, it is, boy, I'll tell you, you know, what a blessing and of service that show is going to be. You know, I mean, part of what we are talking about today is, you know, here we are, people are feeling challenged beyond belief. Mm -hmm. And yet we know that we have incredible resilience. Yes. And sometimes we don't really realize what we're capable of. But the battle I think we lose most often is the one in our own minds. And I think that's the battle that you're going to help them with. It really is quite the battle, that's right? Cool. And we're feeling it, we're seeing it, we're sensing it. Um, and yet at the same time, it's not just about the mind, it's about the whole aspect mm -hmm. of mindfulness. And is I, I think that is a misconception that people have of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it was a misconception I had. Mm -hmm. You know, we think it is just about the mind, mm -hmm. but mindfulness is much more than that. It's really the whole self, right? Yes, because when I'm mindful, when I'm aware of what's happening in the present moment, I am not only aware of what's happening in my mind, what I'm thinking, what my mind is doing, not just what the content of it, but what's it doing? Is it racing? Is it fearful? Is it self-critical, right? But also that, you know, our bodies feel those things. Our bodies are way ahead of our minds, right? By the time I, my mind is racing and filled with fear, I'm already tense, right? My stomach's already upset. I've drawn up my shoulders. So mindfulness is about really recognizing that so that it doesn't carry me away, right? I don't get lost in that fear and anxiety or just try to shove it down, which of course never works because it's always going to pop back up. And, and you know, I just wanted to say one other thing about this idea sure. of what's happening right now is many of us live our lives thinking, you know, when I finish school, um, things will be better. When this other thing happens, things will be better. When we, we get the house sold, when we get the new job, when, you know, this illness goes away. And, and now the whole world, I think, is in that frame of mind to say, when this is over, everything will be okay. But as you said, there's going to be a new normal. So it's not going to be the old world that we lived in before. And we're still going to be there. And our problems, our challenges, the thoughts that get in our way that prevent us from having the, living the life we want to live, those thoughts are still going to be there. So that's why I'm eager to work with people now. And I've, I'm seeing this with all of my clients, that they are really, um, uh, there's been a huge impact on them from the COVID virus in their personal lives, in their business lives. But the thoughts that cause suffering are the ones that we're working on because they existed before the virus and they'll still be there afterwards unless we find a way to work on it. Yeah, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we're so engaged right now in the conversation of healing and a cure that we're not even talking about, you know, the psychological, the emotional and the spiritual aspect of this, mm -hmm. albeit there are some people that have, you know, and that are, and I know you'll be doing it. Yes. Um, but there is so much more to learn from this. And I love your approach to it because you're right. 
you know, that two minutes, five minutes, or however long it takes mm -hmm. to make the bed, you know, there is that moment that you make that decision. Do I fold this over or is my life really that busy that right. I'm going to half make the bed? Right. And I got to tell you, you picked a little trigger topic for me today. <laughs> Because that that mama that I told you about from the South, yep. that woman, first child at 12 and the second one at 13, wow. boy, she believed in one thing. If you're going to do something, you got to give it your all. Right. And that was fascinating lesson. She never said, if you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You got to do it right. Mm -hmm. And I always found that interesting because what she was saying is another way to think about mindfulness. Yes. You have to give it your all. Right. You have to be there fully. Fully present to, to it. To participate in life, right? Right. Fully present to it. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much for today. Let's let's provide your website again. And then I would love to know your personal message, what, what you'd like to leave us with today. Okay. Well, the website is uh, mcguirelifecoach.com and uh, please just go there and you'll find a contact sheet and where we'll find a time to talk. And I think the message I would want to leave people with today is uh, one of hopefulness. Uh, there are better days coming and we can start having those better days right now. We can work on our own experience of suffering right now. Um, we don't have to wait until this particular crisis ends. Thank you so very much. And again, remind people of your show next week. Nothing but now, noon, noon Pacific time. Right here on TransformationTalkRadio.com, everybody. We're going to take a short break. I want to also mention that you just got to hear a little bit about what Dr. Mary Angela McGuire is about. There's so much more to her practice, what she does to help people, countless people. And it doesn't matter where you live. We now live in this digitally connected world. But here's the thing I want to say for everyone here. We're going to continue to bring you folks that are going to be able to help you on this next leg of your journey. And Dr. McGuire is one of those people. Please check it out, mcguirelifecoach.com. And remember... This is, like she said, the compassionate and empathic way of being, of helping, and of transformation. We'll see you in a few minutes. We'll be right back.